I'm Shereen Patek, and this is Starting Out. Digiday's newest podcast where I take the personal route with the movers and shakers in the marketing industry to find out their stories, how they became the leaders they are today, and what their special power is that makes their craft so remarkable. Last I checked, people are still human beings when they're at work. Bias is a human condition. Senior leaders need to need to talk about that. And when they talk about that, it gives permission for others to talk about that. That's Mark Pritchard, Chief Brand Officer at P&G. Mark has built his prestigious reputation in the industry by following a policy of honesty and transparency. And that's not just when he's discussing agency contracts, but also his personal life. It's a great quality to have, but staying true to it means having the tough conversations sometimes, like racial bias in the workplace. He's opened the doors to that conversation with a very open, personal story that can only come from having humility and the will to do something for others, something his father had always taught him to do. I was I bust tables at MCL Cafeteria. Um, so, yeah, and worked in the kitchen. And that's when I knew that I wanted to get a professional job. I remember, uh, you know, the normal uh, table busing, drop all the dishes and break them uh, mistake. I had one of, uh, someone I once interviewed with years ago once told me that he always likes to hire people who have worked in restaurants. And it's something my current boss often tells me too. Um, it's sort of as a, you know, it sort of creates a moral character or something like that. Well, you're in Did a service business. Yeah, you're you're really in the service business. So you're, you're serving others and you, uh, customers always right. And you learn that you need, you also have to move quickly. Uh, people don't like to wait to eat. They don't like to wait to get their, their tables bust. Mm-hmm. Um, dishes have to be clean. So you kind of learn some life skills. But I remember wash, and, um, washing dishes back in the back was, was pure torture. So, um, you know, I realized. So no mistakes, just a lot of lessons of what I didn't want to do when I grew up. Indiana University has a great school called the Kelly School of Business. And, uh, and I was an undergrad. And, and they have a, both a great undergrad and a great graduate school. And uh, they put you through a curriculum that enables you to get all facets of business. They did a great job. And then that led me to, I ended up be, having a major then in finance. And a lot of people at the time, my friends were in accounting. And the big, the big 10 accounting firms were, were, uh, were a big deal. Um, and uh, I decided like finance because I like the operational aspect of it. And uh, that's when I and I ended up getting a an internship at RCA, which was in Indianapolis, Indiana. You may remember RCA. Um, uh, and then I got a, an offer from a number of companies, including P and G. And my dad said when I got an offer from P and G, he said, "Okay, you you really have got a great company." Because my dad was then by that time in marketing, so he knew marketing was, was P and G was was the premier company. So he said, "You just oh man, you got to take that one." It was a good choice because RCA was acquired uh, four years later and then went out of business. So um, I made the right call, uh, but go to P and G. Tell me about your relationship with your father. Yeah, he was he was uh, amazing. He was uh, uh, you know a great great business uh, leader and. Um, High integrity, high standards, um, high expectations. Um, so he, you know, he did a lot to to kind of kind of shape, you know, kind of person I am. One of the best pieces of advice he's given me is um, stop thinking about yourself. Uh, he basically said, um, 
He said, just, just so you know, nobody's thinking about you. So don't get too far outside of yourself. Um, focus on doing, doing good things for others and things will all work out. I literally use that every day. I, I am, my day begins with being thankful for what, everything I have, the people that I have in my life. And, um, and then really, um, focusing on asking the, uh, a higher power, however you want to think of what that higher power may be to be useful because I, my core purpose in life that, that leads me and guides me is being useful to other people. Uh, because when you're useful to others, thing, good things happen. They just, they just tend to work out. When you think too much about yourself, too much about you, too much about how other people are going to perceive you, um, you get, I certainly get off the rails. When I focus about how can I help others, you know, what I'm thinking right now is I hope this podcast is useful to some people. Um, that helps you know, be far more focused on outcomes for others as opposed to what might happen for you. I can remember many times as in early in my career, you know, when I stayed focused on just doing my job, doing it well, you know, being, being a good team member or even a team leader on whatever the case may be, then, then things moved ahead and good things would happen or additional responsibility would come along. When I would get too focused on myself, I would feel my stress come up and then I would, and I would get worried. And that's where I used to have to just kind of just do a little recheck of, mm, okay, focus on what's the task at hand and what do you need to do? It's just, it's a, it, you know, I view it as just a great piece of advice that really enables. And I, you know, often wish, you know, more people would do that as well. Cause I think that the world would be a better place. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. After this break, Mark will talk about how he dealt with his own personal story of unconscious racial bias. But right now, a quick break to tell you about Digiday Plus. Digiday Plus is our premium membership product. Join our community to get a first-hand look at how digital is transforming the world of business. You'll get Digiday Magazine, exclusive research, and invites to member-only events. And it's only $3.95 a year. Please sign up at digitayplus.com. And for you, our podcast listener, we have a discount offer. To get 10% off your subscription, enter the code podcast at checkout. Now, back to the episode. Stress is, I'm sure, a normal part of your job. It's a normal part of, it feels like, work. Um, how do you handle stress? What's your... What's is, your is this now the therapy session? This is the therapy this session, thing? Okay, yes. yeah, well, so... Tell me about your stress, Mark. <laughs> so... Stress. We have a couch right here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I got that. Um, st look, stress is is a normal part of being a human being, um, and uh, what and so to to actually think that you can go through life without it, you know, would be would be foolish. It's stress is something to be managed, and um, and and in my view, what what if you're not a little stressed, then you're probably not not really pushing yourself. So, you know, that I, I like to, you know, put high expectations on myself. Um, you know, there's external factors that happen that, you know, what you have to do is deal with them. Um, uh, there's a there's a, a serenity prayer that you may that you may be familiar with, which is grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So try to keep that one in mind as well, because that allows you to manage things. There are always going to be things outside of your control. And the best way to deal with them is just, you know, take it, accept it, and then, and then move on. And then, of course, you have to manage it with things like breathing, um, 
whenever I whenever I talk to uh, Betsy, my wife, and say I'm feeling a little stressed, she goes, "Breathe." Okay, that helps. Um, the other thing is uh, I play basketball at least once or twice a week, so that helps me. I walk to and from work. That helps. Get a little fresh air. Um, I have I have you know good friends and 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 good and good people good really great coworkers that um, some of which are I'm looking at right now uh, who are who are awesome partners and what they do that that connection allows allows me and others to handle stress many times we're all just you know come in say hey come in go on in here Craig come in here Tressie let's just go ahead and have a little conversation shut the door explode. <laughs> And, and then now that you have that out of your system, let's go do the interview. So um, <laughs> those are those are things that you do. So tell me about learning to be a manager. You, you when was it? Do you remember the first time you sort of became, you know, had people that were part of your team reporting to you? Um, it's hard to be a first time manager. It's one of the know. awesome things about PNG. You get you get really great uh, experience early. I was 22 years old. And I had 13 people reporting to me. So I was at, I was at a manufacturing plant, actually, and I was at, in the accounting department, and I had 13 people reporting. These, these folks, uh, by the way, they were all two to three times older than me. Um, like? Well, it was a little intimidating because they also had far more expertise. They, you know, they'd forgotten more about finance and accounting than I would ever know. So what my job was, was to identify what were the important outcomes that we needed mm-hmm. and then let them do their jobs and then help them where they needed it. And so, you know, it became, it was a great lesson because one of the other great pieces of advice that was given to me was a, a, a dear friend of mine named Dan Edelstein who said, you have to learn how to amplify your effectiveness. So you may be very, very good and, and could do a lot, but what you need to do as a leader, especially as you get broader levels of responsibility, is amplify your effectiveness through others. What that means is you identify what the outcome that's necessary, and then you set people free to go get it done. And you say, go get it done. And, you know, if you, uh, if you have any questions or problems or needs, then, you know, come, come and get some help. It sounds simpler than it is. Yeah, you know, it's 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 an interesting thing. It, it it it's a simple concept. It's not necessarily easy to do, and it does take some practice. But part of that gets back to the point of humility, um, and and back to, you know, what where can when I ask myself to be, you know what can I be do to be useful? I said, okay, I'll, I need to be useful. So what can I specifically do, and where am I not as skilled in something? I'll give you an example since he happens to be, be uh, right here in my line of sight, Craig Buckholz is, um, is someone who uh, I had responsibility in addition to, to the marketing aspect of the world. I had a responsibility for corporate communications and communications. Well, I didn't grow up in corporate communications. Um, I feel like I can communicate because I'm a marketing guy. Um, but what I recognize is that I didn't know how to do that job as well as it could or should be done. So I went out and I looked for the best corporate communications person in, that I could find in the world, found Craig Buckholz. So what was, what was my remit to Craig? Craig, make P&G the best corporate communications in the world. And then he went, he put together a plan and made it happen. That's, that's, and then he comes to me when he needs help all the, you know, when, when, when that happens. But, but, but that's the way 
you know, good, effective managers or leaders operate. With humility, knowing if they can't do something, then what they need to do to actually do that. Yeah, play to your strengths. Do what you can do best. Let others do what they do best. The best thing uh, that a uh, leader and a manager can do is surround themselves with people who are better at that task that they have to do or that job than you are. When you were more junior than you currently are, um, what was the thing that you think your managers identified in you as the thing that, that they, you were better at than they were? What was your strength? Well, what they, I, I mean, through different levels of, of my career, a lot of it was along the lines of, you know, you, we think you have a lot of potential. We think you can, you can, um, you're, uh, you know, you have good leadership, you're good at strategy, you're good at, you know, analysis and so forth. So what, where I switched over into the marketing, I was with P&G for uh, four years um, in finance. Then I had a couple years and still in finance in the strategic planning job at the corporate level, work, working with a number of executives on strategy work. And they recognized that I had potential from a strategy standpoint and from an overall thinking and leadership standpoint. So they said, we want to get you into marketing because we think you have the potential to lead brands and eventually lead parts of our company. So they saw that, and I, I'm thankful for that because then they, I transferred into marketing and was able to get a, you know, a number of different experiences until I ultimately became a general manager, then a president, and then ultimately a CMO. One thing that has always struck me when either writing about you or writing about the things you've said and you do is I think people are genuinely surprised about your honesty. I think there's people in this industry are generally just so shocked that someone can go up someplace or speak to somebody and just be honest about what's happening in the industry, what's happening at their company at P and G. And some of that was also, you know, when I was sort of looking over um, some of the remarks you made at the ANA conference, I think people were generally surprised about even the honesty about, you know, racial bias and your personal experiences with that. Can you talk a little bit about sort of being able to be honest and also why are people so surprised that somebody in your position can be or wants to be? I, it's That's interesting you say that. I, I'd never, never heard that before. But I think, you know, what what I believe in is I believe in you know, and, and honesty, transparency, you know, th- those are genuine qualities that are, that are important. And, and I'm glad people feel that way because, because it is important. It is, a, it is a major value of, of, of trust and, inte- and it creates trust and integrity. Um, and what I do is I have a great faith in, um, in, in people that when you're transparent and honest, that good things will happen from that as well. So uh, when you're opaque and obfuscate, it just it just limits the ability for people to get things done. So, um, you know, the transparency around what we've been doing in the media industry, the digital, you know, that was, I think that was important to, to get out there because it was, a lot of people were talking about it and not much was happening. So it was time to just get it out there and, and do it in a constructive way because that's the other thing is that there's there's a fine line between honesty and rudeness sometimes. So what you have to do is you need to find the way to be transparent and do it in a constructive way. Now, when it comes to things like exposing um, and talking about racial bias and even and even sharing my own story, a big part of that is as a leader, and particularly as a leader um, in, a, in a large company with, um, uh, with, with a lot of experience, it's important to demonstrate um, honesty and transparency 
and the ability to be able to speak about things that may be uncomfortable. So, because when that happens, it, it really, it's amazing how much it opens it up. It was actually two years ago when I was at, a, at an event. Um, it's called Stepping Up. What it is is I'm the, I'm the executive sponsor for the African American Leadership Network, and we were focusing on um, how to improve our diversity results and how to improve our business results among African American consumers. And part of this is that we needed to start having a, a discussion about unconscious bias. We hadn't uttered the words yet and at the company. So I ex- told that little story about my own experience with unconscious bias. What the story was is that, you know, I, my dad was, was Mexican, so I was um, therefore half Mexican. He married, a, um, uh, my mom was German, and, um, but he was adopted by a man with an English name, Pritchard. So uh, he grew up with a large amount of of uh, prejudice, because, um, particularly um, Mexican Americans in in um, in in the '60s and the '70s, you know, were subject to which more overt bias and and racial prejudice. I was able to, as a kid, uh, go between Latin and white culture, you know, pretty pretty seamlessly. But by the time I got into the workforce, I I'd heard a lot of labels, and I kind of knew what you know, uh, what prejudice was about. And my dad, of course, shared, shared with me, you know, how to, how to operate, you know, and how to, how to be able to be successful and, and be able to move through because he, he was very clear about, about the biases that occurred. So I essentially suppressed my Mexican heritage at work. Um, and, uh, so it wasn't until a couple of years ago when I was kind of going through this unconscious bias, um, you know, not, uh, uh, epiphany, I guess, is when I said, gee, it's, it's, I really need to examine this a little bit and understand it more. Because if I don't examine it, then I'm not going to be able to lead effectively and deal with, deal with this. So that's when I went ahead and I told the, the, the group, you know, I suppressed my heritage because I was afraid of being labeled too um, and afraid of the bias that might occur. But that opened up a big discussion because now you have a senior leader who's willing to to give something that's very personal, and um, but it, so it, it allowed more discussion to occur, because that's a big part of what we're trying to accomplish when it comes to a, a bias right now in in the industry is have conversations about it. If you have a conversation, that leads to understanding. Understanding leads to attitude change. Attitude change leads to action. And one of the actions that needs to occur is we need a greater degree of equality. We need more gender equality. We need more racial equality. We need, we need equality of, of all types of diversity. Um, that's, when you have that, things get better. Society's better. You're more innovative. Teams are more effective. And actually, equality from an economic standpoint means you're injecting purchasing power into the market. And that's good for business. But in order to deal with equality, you have to deal with bias. And senior leaders need to need to talk about that. And when they talk about that, it gives permission for others to talk about that. I think that's the word. It's permission. Mm-hmm. It's when you see someone do something, especially if they're senior, you, you want you feel better about following. There's an element steps. to that point. There's an element of emotional safety that's required because you're really dealing with a with a with a set of topics that are that people feel fearful. They're hard about discussing, and they're uncomfortable. So you need to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Last I checked, people are still human beings when they're at work. And so you can't, bias is a human condition. 
And bias is not necessarily bad. It's just how the brain works in order to just get through a day. If 10,000 decisions a day, you can't make every decision consciously. So you rely on 95% of them to happen through some kind of an instant bias based on a memory that's in your head. It's things when bias gets in the way, when it gets in the way of either recognizing a, a, a person's whole self uh, or your attitude towards something that limits your, your desire to, to move forward on something or with somebody, then you have to examine that. That was Mark Pritchard, Chief Brand Officer at P&G. And it's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Our producer is Aditi Sangal. If you liked our show, please subscribe. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. While you're there, rate us, leave us a five-star review. I'm Shreen Pachek. We'll see you next week.